Two Brothers, One Mike is a weekly podcast put together to help motivate and inspire our listeners both mentally and physically in the hopes of helping you be the best you. Hey everyone, welcome back to Two Brothers, One Mike. I'm Joe, and as always, my brother, Coach Tony, is here. Tony. Hey, what's going on out there at T-Bomb land? Joe, what's going on today? Uh, how are things going uh, with with your day uh, thus far? I, You know, I got to tell you, every time you ask me this question, yeah. I just, I have no answer. I have no, because I don't do anything. So, <laughs> I don't. It's impossible I, you don't do anything. You're busy 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I don't do anything. Do no, nobody, wants to, nobody wants to hear about what my, well, let's see, I got up, uh, let's see, we went to church. Uh, yeah. I came home. I played a video game for a little while. I mean, you know, it's nothing of note. Nobody really cares. You played a video game. Yeah, I played video games. Come on, we were the originals. Well, who was me and you were the originals, or uh, absolutely? Come on, our generation. I mean, you always go about the eighties. We had we had the Atari, we had ColecoVision, we Uh, had before Atari was Pong. Uh, Absolutely, we had all that. We were were the goats of video games. Yeah. So yeah, I never, I never let it go. I've had all the Xboxes, and now I'm into the whole VR thing, the Oculus, or or, I'm sorry, the Meta Quest, whatever. But uh, I've been doing a lot of lot of stuff on on the headset now. I have I have nothing. I have nothing I can offer you there. I still have an Atari. So, I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, there what, you go. Why, and, and I'm not kidding. If you look at my TV stand in my living room, there it is. Uh, there's no reason to go any further than Atari. There's there's none. <laughs> I don't even understand the purpose of it. If you, I, I could sit there and play <laughs> Space Invaders, which I may be. The best Space Invaders, uh, our, our cousin likes to argue with me about this. but Well, consider you have about 40-some years' experience on it. You mean to tell me the joysticks are still working? Well, I mean, I think I've broken at least six or seven of them. But um, it's actually a, it's an Atari game system. I'm sure a million people have this. Yeah, uh, buddy the all-in-one system. Yeah, a buddy of mine was getting rid of it, and uh, mm-hmm. he obviously knew where to go. Uh, and uh, he came to me and said, you want it? And I said, well, no. What do you think? So... It has the game systems built right in. I think I have like anywhere between 40 and 50 different Atari games built in. You know, right. I don't actually have the cartridge system anymore. Right. Uh, no, but uh, and it's got everything from Space Invaders to Centipede to Asteroids to, you know, to, I don't know. Just all that. The, the old does it have, golf does it have Kaboom? 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 No, no. It doesn't, I, you know what? No, Kaboom was in television, I thought. No, no. It was, it was an Activision game. That was what uh, I, I, I that was, was in the okay, jam. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was yeah. in the jam. Yeah. But uh, there you go. There's your '80s moment, right? Or your '80s yeah. segment. You were yeah, that's enough, that enough of that. That's All enough right. of that. But uh, <laughs> nonetheless, now that we're done with letting everybody know what game systems we have and how one has advanced his game system playing, and the other one is still in Neolithic times. Um, uh, <laughs> what we want to do here, folks, is we want to go ahead and. Have a word from our sponsor, and when we come back, we're going to talk about today's show. It's not Atari. It's Workload. Stay right where you're at. Two Brothers, One Mike is sponsored by Kitchen Abs, perfectly prepared portions. Hey, Youngstown area listeners, it's Joe from T-Bomb. Do you find yourself dreading all of the specifics when it comes to prepping your meals for the week? I mean, calculating calories and macros can be such a pain, which for many of us can result in losing our momentum when we're starting a new eating lifestyle. And I know for me, I was constantly figuring out which foods to eat so I wouldn't only stay under calories, but also maintain my macros. What's more is I hated the idea of eating the same thing every day simply because I finally came up with that perfect combination. But then I found Kitchen Apps. 
founded in 2015 by Tom Kitchenabs. Their mission is simple. They created a personalized selection of flavorful gourmet meals that are perfectly portioned and nutritionally balanced to fit their clients' lifestyles, as well as their physical needs, all for a very affordable price. You receive three meals plus two snacks for five days, so your whole work week is completely taken care of. And yes, there are options to add or subtract meals as you need them for the weekends too. So for more information or to place your order, go to kitchenabs.com. That's kitchenabz.com and get started today. Welcome back, everybody. So at the end of last week's show, uh, I was kind of vague when we talked about what this week's show was going to be about uh, in our closing comments that, that Joe and I uh, engaged back and forth on at the end of every show. And let me repeat uh, basically... Uh, what I said there, let me repeat that here. When we talk about workload, now this is something that uh, goes way more in depth and detail uh, to the point where it's not even going to be an opportunity to talk about it in depth and detail on just one show. And in all honesty, this is the kind of show where video uh, will be a great um, asset that we will have in the near future. So that being said, this is something I do with my young people, and I'll explain why in a second. Workload it can be simply put this way when I talk to my young people. I don't want them to just think about the fact that they benched 200 pounds five times uh, or they curled 50 pounds 10 times. I like to take the volume, the number of reps, and multiply by the intensity, the amount of weight, to give them a workload number. So if you curled 50 pounds 10 times, your workload is 500 pounds. Now, the biggest reason I do this uh, for my athletes, there's a mental game in there as well, because when I'm going to talk to you today uh, in this next segment about about how I talk to this with adults, how, how I talk about this with adults, it's so much more in depth and in detail that I don't think a 15 year old even wants to get involved in that part of it yet. They're not there yet. They don't want to tackle all that. They just want to know what to do. So. I try to give them something more, believe it or not, as a mental part of the a motivational um, idea uh, on where they want to go next and to boost their confidence. In other words, a lot of times I have some athletes that say, well, he's so much stronger than I am. He could bench press 200 pounds or 225 pounds five times. And I try to explain to them, but you, okay, now if I have an athlete who can bench press their body weight, so let's say 160 pounds, and they can do it six times, I try to explain to them that that's 160 pounds times six, and that is your workload. And their workload is actually greater than the young man who might be a little bit stronger who can do 225 twice, because that in turn is only what? 450 pounds. That doesn't mean that young man is not strong, but the other young man's workload is higher. And that gives them the motivation to keep working to boost those levels higher and higher each week. Joe, does that make any sense to you? It does. It does. It does. I, I was, I was curious. That, I was curious as to uh, the, the reasoning behind it, especially with the, uh, uh, with your, your younger athletes, but that makes total sense. Yeah. I like, I like to give them the opportunity to show them that they are increasing in their progress and don't always look at it. You know, I'll tell you this, this is the way I look at it and I'll use uh, I'll use a football player. If you're an offensive tackle. Okay. I don't care about the fact that you could bench press 300 pounds one time 
are 350 pounds one time. I want the guy that can bench press, excuse me, bench press his body weight 10 times. Okay. If the guy weighs 230 pounds, I'd love to see this guy. And because if you take 230 pounds, Joe, and he can bench press it 10 times, that workload is what? 2300. Right. That's the guy who, in the fourth quarter, in my own personal opinion, has more muscular endurance mm-hmm. and is going to be the guy standing at the end. He may not come out of the gate stronger than the guy across from him, but if the guy across from him can bench press 350 pounds one time, okay, that's fantastic. But if the gentleman across from him is doing his body weight and he weighs 230 pounds and he's doing it 10 times, I can guarantee you that – that the endurance portion of it, because you play four quarters is going to win out in the end, because that's where you really want everything to come to a head is who is able to carry themselves right at the end, uh, yeah. more so than in the beginning. So in, in that's that, what I try to, that's where I try to, to, to get into my athletes heads. And that's why I use this concept of workload with my younger people. Yeah. And, and that makes sense. Cause again, you'd rather have somebody who could play all four quarters instead of one play, <laughs> you know? Yeah, uh, sure. So that makes enough sense. Yeah. And, you know, and, and so that being said, there goes that, there goes that machine gun. And I, I, it's never going to stop. I don't think I could ever control that, <laughs> but um, uh, there's a lot much, you know, there's, there's so much more to tackle. And before we tackle anymore, you know, this is a way for young people and older people alike to simply keep track of the total weight they are moving in a given session. Uh, for the body part or the body parts in question. But there's a, a rule that I like to go by, and, and it's called the 10-set rule, uh, at least 10 sets to create positive results. Now, we talk about former studies which talk about the 20-set limit plateau. Has anybody ever seen this before? If you're somebody who reads a lot about nutrition and about fitness, you may have seen these types of studies that say that once you hit that 20-set plateau for a certain body part, Joe, for the week or for the session, I should say, you start to plateau. You start to um, either keep your gains uh, to a point where there are no more gains or you start to see a decrease in gains over time. You're doing too much, okay? And it's kind of crazy because now there's new studies that are showing me and every other trainer out there in so many ways that more is better. I don't... I have to tell you, I have a problem with this concept uh, when it comes to workload. I like the 10-set rule at an intense level that forces you to failure. That is my own personal rule, ladies and gentlemen. If we're doing bench press and I want you to do 10 sets, 8 to 10 sets, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 sets, as long as you are working your workload to a failure position, in my own personal opinion, Joe, that's where you're going to get your positive results. You can do 20 sets of bench press, but I got to tell you, once you get to 13 or 14 sets or 15 or 16 sets, even if you're doing four sets of bench, four sets of incline, four sets of decline, four sets of flies, once you get to so many sets... And if you're doing it the right way, where your intensity is taking you to that, you know, we talk about time under tension, Joe, we talk about that intensity level and where it should take you in order to increase muscular endurance, in order to increase hypertrophy, muscular growth. Once you get to so many sets and you're, if you're doing it the right way to that intense level, there's no way that you're able to perform it at a high level 
once you get that far ahead. There's no reason why eight to 10 sets should not create positive results, if that makes sense. And so are you saying eight to 10 sets per, per body part or? Sure. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So eight to 10 sets. So we're talking like two exercises, four sets each. Exactly. And, 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 okay. and, and you right. know, so, so let me say this. Some people will ask me this. What if I wanted to do a body part and I wanted to do it three days a week? And now that that's where you start tackling full body workouts. And so I say to them, if you want to do, let's say, 15 sets for chest a week and you want to do it where you're doing it throughout the week, but you want to get 15 sets. And since I don't want you to do 15 sets of chest in one day, Monday, bench press, Wednesday, incline press, Friday, decline press. Okay. And you can even switch it up. You can do uh, dumbbell bench press. You could do uh, straight bar, right? 45 pound Olympic straight bar, incline press and decline dumbbell press on Fridays, uh, different ways. Or you could do put decline pushups instead on Fridays. So, so I'm okay with that. I'm not okay. And I don't really believe in the necessity, uh, even though these studies are showing it, I'd like to really look more in depth and in detail to these new studies uh, because who has time anyway, Joe, to do 20 sets for each body part? I mean, literally, if you're doing more than one, if you're doing more than one body part a day, there's no way you're going to do, I mean, 40, 50, 60 sets. That's insane. So um, I don't agree with it. And I don't agree with it for my athletes. I'd rather they do full body workouts where they tackle five to six sets for each body part leading up to uh, that particular three day. And you need rest in between. You need 48 hours of rest when you're doing something like that as well. Uh, So uh, when it comes to workload in this aspect, that's my rule, 10 sets, 10 sets. And if you're doing it to the point of failure and truly being true to yourself in that moment, not just saying, well, it's getting harder, so I'm done. Then I, I, I say that's plenty as long as you're doing the technique right and working your way to failure. And obviously in that situation, you should have a spotter with you depending on what the movement is. So there's that. That being said about that particular aspect of workload, I'm going to talk about something now that's a little bit different, something that I talk more about with adults than I talk about with kids because kids simply don't want to hear all about this particular part of it. I'm going to get into the, I'm going to talk in, in detail about it, but I'm not going to get into what it, there's, there's so many different roads and avenues to take here because we can be here all day. And I know that everybody does not want to be here all day with something like this, because as I said, it's better to be able to see a video where we talk about this even more so than just listen, but listen, Okay, as I try to make this as easy as possible and as simplistic in nature as possible, we're going to talk about acute versus chronic ratio and how it's applied. What is acute? Acute ratio, okay, workload ratio, is your workload over the past seven days, over the past week, as opposed to the chronic workload, okay, which is your workload over the past month, 28 days. So you're looking at your acute ratio, which is your seven-day average, and that is what you just did as opposed to your previous 28-day average. I just call it a month. I add two days on. Why not? For your chronic workload. And you have to look at that ratio, acute to chronic, to help you understand what workload means. Now, from a weight training perspective, I'm going to give you a couple examples here. From a weight training perspective, try to follow me with the numbers, okay? 
It can be used here when looking at the volume of your training. Example, okay, 10 sets of 10 reps for chest. We just talked about this. 10 sets, I'm getting on the bench press. I'm going to do a straight bar bench press. I'm doing 10 sets of 10 reps for my chest. Your acute ratio, your acute workout for a one week, for seven days, was 100 reps. 100 reps, 10 sets of 10 reps. You did it all in one day. It was 100 reps. Your chronic workout ratio, your chronic work, uh, work, I should say workload, is the previous four weeks. Let's say in the first week, it was five reps, or I'm sorry, five sets of 10 reps. In the second week, it was six rep, uh, sets of 10 reps. In the third week, it was seven sets of 10 reps. And in the fourth week, okay, it is eight sets of 10 reps each. So if you look at that, right, if you look at that ratio, folks, five sets of 10 reps, so you got 50, six uh, sets of 10 reps, you have 60, seven sets of 10 reps, you have 70, eight sets of 10 reps, you have 80. That's the previous four weeks before the acute uh, workload week. If you take the average of those four, okay, 50, 60, 70, and 80, your four-week average is going to come out to approximately 65 reps, all right? Now, there you have it. Your acute workload for that first for that most recent week was 100 reps. Your average for the four previous weeks was 65 reps. So it's 100 to 65. That's your acute to chronic workout ratio, 100 to 65. When you take that ratio, 100 to 65, it is equal to 1.5. Keep that number in mind. Make sense, Joe? Or do I need? Do you think I need to explain something a little bit more before we move on? No, I I, I fully grasp it, and that's saying a lot. So, uh, well, uh, okay. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that being said, you well, said you it, know, I, I, I've always I've always said you know I, I'm one of the ones that it's like all right, tell me what I need to do, and I'll go ahead and do it. Um, and so you know I know that it's important, but I don't know like certain certain things are not so important to me. However. Um, it's good to know because if yeah. I ever reach a point where I'm at a plateau, uh, or you know what I mean, it it, it gives me more options. So it yeah, it is good. And and yes, I even I totally understand this. A lot of times when I'm explaining this to people, I see the 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 glazed. <laughs> the yeah, the, look over. The well, this is uh, yeah. listen. I'm not going to lie, and this is something that people will see when we do go to video. You're going to you're going to see my eyes gloss over quite a bit, but yeah. I, I usually catch up uh, because, yeah. like I said, it's it's definitely something. It isn't that uh, it isn't that it isn't interesting, uh, and and it's very accurate what you're saying, and and obviously serves a purpose, or you would have never learned it in the first place, right? No. So well, it's you know, interesting. Yeah, it's interesting to people who want to know about this, thing, right, right? Exactly, yeah. and yeah. and so, there may come a time. So yeah. I'd rather you know I'd rather have an idea. Not to mention we kind of have a podcast about this stuff. I need yeah, to know. I think we do. So there's I that think too. I, I did. Yeah. It's uh, two brothers, one Mike, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah. there's that. <laughs> yeah. So let me give another example, just to add to that weight training example. Let me give a running example. Uh, let's say our acute workload. Remember, that's that's our that's our most recent week, our one week. Let's say we ran ten miles for that one week. That's our acute workload. Most recent week, seven day period, one week. We ran ten miles total for that week. Okay. However, you want to break it down. Four on Tuesday, four on Thursday, two on Saturday. Whatever you want to do, you ran 10 miles. The four previous weeks are our chronic workload, 
all right, over the four previous weeks. We ran six miles in week one, seven miles in week two, eight miles in week three, nine miles in week four. We have to take the average of those four previous weeks, folks, and it comes out to 7.5 miles. Yes, I did the math before we did the show. (laughs) So 7.5 miles, there's your acute to chronic workout ratio. That most recent week, your acute workload was 10 miles to your four previous weeks average, which is 7.5, 10 to 7.5. When you divide that, you come up with an acute to chronic workout ratio of 1.3. Joe, if you remember the previous example, the acute to chronic workout ratio with the bench press and all those numbers I gave was 1.5. And now we just came up with 1.3 for this. What is 1.3 and 1.5? I could tell you guys this. 1.5 for the example of the bench press uh, example. 1.5 means that you did 150% more in your acute workload week than you did in your chronic workload week. Uh, 1.3, what do you think that might be, Joe, when it comes to the running example? Any idea? Mm, uh, I, you know what? Yep, lost over. Okay, so, so I'm going to tell you, right? 1.3 <laughs> means that you did 130% more in your acute work workload week than you did in your four-week uh, average of your chronic work uh, workload week. Yeah, go ahead. I was I was going to guess that too. I was just like 130. Yeah, 130% more, 10 to (laughs) 7.5. So what is 150% more? What is 130% more? 1.3, 1.5. I'm going to talk about that in a second, okay? When we Mm -hmm. get into a little more about injury prevention and why this is important to understand these numbers if you're serious about your training. So I I dare say, uh, let's wrap it up, but as you know, This is going to be a wrap up that's going to take maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes. I don't know. I'm not going to time it. So to wrap up a a short but very informative show, in my opinion, because I get excited when I talk about this stuff. Let's talk about a few things, you know, in terms of what to watch for with injury risk. So let me get let me give you guys a few things, a few facts through research. Now, I know that sometimes we don't want to get too, too much into the research, but I, you guys need to understand something. I don't just pull this stuff out of a hat, okay? I, th- I know some of you thought I was going somewhere else with that. But um, I, I don't just pull this stuff out of a hat but, but or out of there, all right? I, I study this. I research it. I have to write short essays, long essays, case some, you know, case summaries and things of that nature. Um, and it's interesting to me, so I'll Google video and and I'll look at stuff in this nature and uh, some things I believe and some things I trust, some things I have a hard time with. But nonetheless, this is what we find in research and research is is key. Um, An acute spike in workload is what can cause an injury uh, or an increase, I should say, in the chance of injury. So in other words, Joe, your acute workload, right, Your, your, your most recent week, as opposed to your four-week average, which is your chronic workload, if your chronic workload for, uh, let's just, let's, hey, let's stick with running, okay? Let's say you run uh, so far over four weeks. Each week, you try to increase your miles, and it's the same example as the one I just gave where it came out to 7.5 mile average, okay? 
Okay. Let's say then in that seven-day period after those four previous weeks, now you're getting ready to do your acute workload, okay, for seven days. And you look at that 7.5 and you try to run, let's say, 20 miles in that one week as opposed to that 7.5-mile average you did over the four previous. You want to increase that workload for that acute workload week, but you go all the way to 20. Do me a favor. And now you're 20 to 7.5. Are you saying where I'm at right now with all that? Yeah. Go ahead and, and divide that, 20 divided by 7.5. Tell me what that number is. Oops, two and something. Uh, hold on. <laughs> i got to pull up the old calculator. Mm-hmm. So would you say 20 divided by? 7.5. 20 divided by 7.5. What kind of calculator you got there? But, well, I have to get off. You know, we have the whole podcast going right now. So mm-hmm. uh, two, 2.67. 2.67. That, uh, we're just going to say 2.7. That's 270% increase in one week's time from your acute workload after what you've done in your chronic workload over the previous four weeks, I guarantee you you're begging for injury. Anything over 1.3, keep this in mind, folks. Write this down. You want your ratios usually to stay between 0.8 and 1.3. 0.8 and 1.3. 1.5, you're starting to yeah, flirt flirt with you know the the injury uh the chance the risk for injury the percentage is increasing uh so as you can see you do not want to go hog wild in your acute workload week which is the week that is following your four previous weeks which is your chronic workload uh for those four weeks so you have to watch see the difference you see can joe can you see why i don't really sit down with my 13 year olds and explain it the chronic and acute workout load ratios and, and things of that nature with them. I just try to keep it simple with them and monitor them in terms of uh, volume and intensity and how they can multiply it together uh, without getting crazy. Way too involved. Absolutely. It gets way too involved. It gets way yeah. too involved. It's actually way too involved for probably a portion of people who have been listening to the show up to this point, which what do I always tell people when it comes to auditory learning? You've got to listen to the show twice. And and so that's why I'm trying to keep it as short and simple as possible today because this way listening to it twice doesn't mean that you have to listen to it uh, over a two-hour period, uh, so to speak. So there's that. You know, uh, And let me point this out. There, there was a 2016 study. It was in the British Journal of Sports Medicine, and uh, which is a very reputable um, journal. And, and, and so not that long ago, if you're dating the show, this, this show is right now in 2022, 2016, six years ago. It showed small increases in acute workload versus uh, the chronic four-week average. All right. So when you just increase your acute workload, which is your, your seven-day average after the previous four weeks, you increase it gradually as compared to that average, that four-week average, you know, the, the, the low ratio – Differences 
are a chance of much less injury percentages. Doesn't that make sense? Um, so in other words, gradually increasing, not running six miles, seven miles, eight miles, nine miles. And then in your acute workload week, your seven day uh, week, you run, you decide I'm going to take off this week for a 20. You're, you're literally times three of what you did in your four week average. I'm going to run 20 miles now. All right. And you can you can put this with anything. Uh, swimming distances. You could put this with work room uh, work. Uh, I'm sorry. Weight room. Uh, workouts, as we gave an example before, you could put this Joe with any sport. You could, uh, how many pitches I'm throwing, how many times I'm swinging the bat uh, in terms of velocity and so on and so forth. So there's different ways you can look at workload, different aspects, different sports. And uh, again, slow and steady wins the race. So the biggest thing to take away from this, all right, is, uh, is this, and I'm going to do this by giving you an example of two athletes. All right, one with a smooth progression over uh, a three to four month training cycle, and one with an up and down ratio over the same time period. Let's say, folks, that we have athlete number one, and they are uh, in the process of workload ratios where their acute to chronic workout ratios are anywhere between 0.9 and uh, 1.1, 1.2. Okay, throughout. If you look at that graphically, which is why video is going to be so much better, imagine a graph, okay, and imagine that line just being a straight line, Joe, at a 45 degree angle as you're going, okay? Does that make sense? It's literally from the zero point, and you have your acute to chronic workout ratio. And then you have your in- injury percentages and on the uh, on the y axis. And the, the bar is going literally in a straight line at a 45 degree angle. You take your second athlete and they're doing this. They come to me and they work with me for two weeks. Then they're gone for a month. They come back. They tell me that when they were gone for the month, they increased what I showed them and they're doing five times what they were doing. But then they stopped for two weeks and didn't do anything. But then they come to me and they want to go 100 miles an hour again. Then, you know, I tell them no. So they work out with me and we do foundational training as I reestablish the basement again. Remember that, folks? Joe, you remember that? So I have to reestablish the basement. I have to build the core again. I have to get them ready again and prepare them for battle because they've been gone for like three weeks. It only takes a couple days. Uh, If they're gone for six months, it takes a lot longer. But then they leave me and they go and again, they start going into an acute work uh, workload week of five times of what I just showed them. What do you, so now you don't have that straight line, that smooth line, Joe. Now you have that line. that looks like peaks and valleys, kind of like the stock market right now, up and down, up and down, up and down. And when you see that type of graph, okay. And, and I can't wait to do these kind of things on video. When you see that type of graph, that's where you are looking at an athlete who are, or, or an individual. It doesn't have to be an athlete. I talk like that because I train athletes. But you are individuals who are just working out for, for to feel better. That's where you definitely run into the chances of so many different types of acute injuries uh, and, and even more so, you know, even chronic injuries. And when we talk about chronic injuries, we had a whole show about that. It was called rhabdomyolysis, uh, something you might want to listen to. Uh, and when we interviewed Kim uh, Rigetti's Vebeck and she talked about her, 
her bout with rhabdomyolysis, which came about over a period of time. Acute injuries, folks, are on impact. Concussions, broken bones, torn ligaments, twisted ankles, things of that nature. Um, Chronic injuries are injuries that come about over constant repetitive motion uh, over time, uh, increasing intensity too much, uh, too quick. And so that's what that second athlete is doing right then and there. So you want that straight, smooth, gradual increase in your acute workload in that one week after your four-week average of your chronic workload ratio. And again, I think this is something that not only is video going to be better, Joe, but but if you listen to what I'm saying twice, I think it's going to work out so much better. So your ACWR, uh, you'll see that a lot, ladies and gentlemen, when you're reading about this stuff. Uh, capital letters, ACWR, that's your acute to chronic uh, workload ratio. Uh, again, should be between 0.8 and 1.3. So the example up above with the weight training where I think we were, what did we say, Joe, 1.5? Uh, it's, and that's at the, that's, yeah, you're, you're borderline. You're getting a little high there. Try to bring it down a little bit. And uh, what you, I think the ridiculous example we did, Joe, where it was what, 2.5? Six seven or two point seven yeah, 2.67. yeah, yeah. 2.67, that that's where that's where you're a nightmare waiting to happen. Um, you should never ever ever be above one point five, and between zero point eight and one point three is where you really want to be. And that's really that's really uh, I, I can't say that's everything when it comes to this type of uh, topic with workload. That's everything in a nutshell. There's a lot more that goes into it, but that is where I think this show should stop for today because it's a lot of information and it's a lot to process. And I know sometimes people are listening to something like this and going, Holy cow, he just threw 60,000 numbers at me, but I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, listen to it again. And I think you'll find a better understanding. Then there's this other thing where if you come to our Facebook page, two brothers, one Mike, or if you have anchor and you ask us a question, I can answer you. But I mean, I can't answer a question you're asking me by just listening. I can't hear you from wherever you're at, whether you're in Sweden or whether you're in California or whether you're in Youngstown, Ohio, or whether you're in Lansing, Michigan. I need the questions to come to me. I do get questions from people I know personally that listen to the show because they have my personal information to contact me. I'd like to hear from everybody else too. Join Two Brothers One Mike on Facebook. Uh, be a part of that and ask questions. You, there's a there's actually Joe, if I'm not mistaken, on our Facebook page it shows where it says uh, if you have any questions or, or if you want to make a comment or anything like that, and we'll see it. You know, so that we can. And I've had several people do it, but you know, not as many as we'd like. So there's that. Yeah, there's a. I believe on one of the uh, on the very top, there's actually a thing there that says leave a message. Uh, I'm pretty sure that was one of the ways that uh, uh, people can ask questions if they have any. But uh, other than that, let's move on to what next week's show is going to be all about. So next week, we're starting down the path of debunking not only the myths of weight loss, but also those that are surrounding the basics when it even comes to being a healthier version of yourself. Uh, this is something that Tony and I have we've talked about wanting to do, uh, but we wanted to do it in a way to where I guess it was, you know nice uh without calling people out or or brands or products out um but it's really gotten to the point where i think we're doing people a disservice by not doing so tony what do you think honestly joe i have nothing to say because we've just edited me 50 times because i can't figure out how to say it nicely we'll figure it out next week i i I literally have never been more irritated in my life than i am right now because of what this show is about and how tired i am 
of all the garbage that is being fed to people when it comes to the fitness and health and wellness industry. And that's that's all I'm going to say. All right. Well, until then, I want to remind all of you, be sure to give us a review on your favorite podcast service. Also, if you're on Anchor and have any questions, comments, thoughts, or opinions, you can leave us a voice message via the link in this episode's description. And finally, remember to join us each week as we release new episodes every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, on behalf of Coach Tony and myself, thanks for listening. Be the best you out there, everybody. God knows I'm going to have to work on myself the entire week before we do this show. <laughs>